one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noting that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord with your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love understanding and with all your heart and with all your strength and to love your neighbour as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And this is a telling point. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Right. Well, we come today to continue our series in Mark's Gospel. Uh, the greatest commandment, as we've just uh, had read, and the, the little introduction, the little food for thought um, from that little video. And the title today, um, which I've titled, Loving God is the Greatest Thing. And indeed, loving God stands in opposition to our current day. Uh, because as we turn on the TV and as we open up the newspapers and look at the ads, um, or even as we spend time in this world, we are actually encouraged to be lovers of self. Uh, we are called at the moment to love ourselves and then we can think about things like God and uh, the things, our, our, our friends and family. Uh, but of course, part of that whole idea is that we spend money on ourselves. And so uh, as we come to this topic of uh, uh, love, uh, I've got a wonderful uh, picture here of some missiles. Uh, because of course, uh, this, is, this is spot on the, on the topic of, uh, of, uh, of love. Uh, now, these are actually uh, heat-seeking missiles or, or infrared missiles. I've got a bit of an engineering background, so this sort of stuff sort of gets me excited uh, because at the front of the missile, you can see there's a big um, sensor, and that sensor is looking for heat. It's, it, it's through um, infrared. It finds heat sources, and it locks on to uh, that heat source. And so that missile, when it's fired, uh, it's a small thing and it's given lots of um, uh, firepower to get going and it's, it tracks onto the target with its sensor. And of course, when it locks on, it goes straight towards that heat source. It fires away and going full speed and the whole aim of the missile is to lock on and to find it and to hit. And of course, when it hits, there's an explosion and the missile's done its job. It's, uh, it's locked on found its target. Sometimes, of course, if you're a good pilot, you might be able to get out of the way of a missile. But the whole point, uh, and they have special uh, defences. I don't know if you know this, but they can let off extra heat, 
things out the back of a plane to try to distract the missile. But the whole point is that it locks onto its target and then it seeks uh, uh, where it's going and it, and it accomplishes its purpose. And so I was thinking, wouldn't our lives be something special if we actually locked onto God like this? If, if our focus was completely on God and that we just started to target Him. We, we were so uh, in love with God and appreciate Him so much. If we truly love God with our heart, mind, soul and strength, with our everything, surely then we would be people that truly live for God's glory. We would be people so focused on Him, we would be realized that we were created by God to glorify God. We as people would be thankful that God made us and we'd be thankful that God had saved us and so we would glorify our great God. We would honor Him. We would make choices each day that would seek to glorify God, which would show that He truly is the great God. And we might ask, why would we bother looking into God with such a focused way? Why would we lock on to God like that missile? Why would we put such a focus on to God? Why would we choose to glorify God in such a way that He was the most significant? Why would we live out God's ways in this day when so many don't? Well, it comes back to the cross. It comes back to what God has done for us. Because God has reached out to you and to me in love. The cross is a picture of God showing incredible love to you and me. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, went up on that cross in love. He went up in love for you and me to die for our sins. John 3.16, a verse that many of us know, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting or eternal life. God's love is in the cross. And if ever we want to remember the love of Jesus, let us look to the cross where that sacrificial love was so evident. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. A reminder that God's love has come to us. God has reached out to us in love. You and I, we were those sinners. We were the ones that were lost, going our own way, even if it was while we were young. Each of us has turned to our own ways. But we've come to know the love of God through Jesus Christ, through the cross, through that wonderful sacrifice of Jesus. And our testimony is one where we can acknowledge that we had gone the wrong way. But in the love of God, in Him reaching out to us, in God's love, We've been rescued, we've been saved by Jesus. And so what do we do in response? We give thanks. That's why we give honor to God. That's why we love. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, uh, 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 been at the beach or, or even been in, near an emergency and someone's actually been saved. Or maybe you've seen that in, in a TV show where someone's life was in a lot of danger and the lifeguard's gone out or the fire brigades come in and the firefighter's gone and and rescued the day. In those scenes of, of, of rescue, uh, the, the person afterwards and their, their friends and family, they are so grateful. 
when they, when they speak to their rescuer, they're like, oh, thank you so much. They'd be willing to do almost anything uh, in, in, uh, after that life's been saved. They're so grateful. And in fact, that's exactly what God has done to us, to rescue us. And so we have grateful hearts. We say, thank you for your love, God. And so I'm going to love you back. I'm going to seek to love you above all else. And as we saw in our reading, through all time, it's always been about loving God and not about religious sacrifices. It's not about slaughtering animals. It's about God and loving Him. God's love has always been present in this world. His desire has always been to love us. And so the human response should be one of genuine inquiry of God, to be honest before God. And as we look through the Bible, as we look through the laws of Moses, and we look through all the regulations that came from God, the basis of those was supposed to be out of loving God. We were to love God first, and then the regulations or the rules, the laws were to follow out of a genuine concern for God. It was never to be an empty ceremony. It was never to be detached from our hearts. It was never to be an outward appearance. It was about a genuine connection towards God in thanks for His works. And that's exactly what happened in our reading today in Mark 12, when this person who seems to be quite genuine in seeking Jesus, this man who asked Jesus a, a question of inquiry about the greatest commandments. And we read these words as he affirms what Jesus has said. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and that there is no other but Him. To love Him with all your heart, with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. We see here, he's affirming, yes, Loving God is a good thing. We should all love God. You've got that right, Jesus. Good to affirm Jesus. And he said, yes, you have got that right. It's not only when we love God, we care about other people. That is true. That's a yes. And then he moves on to talk about burnt offerings and sacrifices. I don't know if you know anything about burnt offerings, but we read about them in the Old Testament. People used to take an animal, they would slaughter the animal and they would put it on a, some sort of an altar to God and they would burn it, the whole lot up. All the fat, all the animal was to be burnt up as an offering to God. Sometimes it was out of thanks because people were like, oh, thank you God for working this way. And so they would offer a burnt offering. Other times they felt guilty or they were seeking God and they knew that they had done something wrong so they would have a burnt offering for sin. And then we come to sacrifices, animal sacrifices. Uh, the innocent animal would be killed. And in that sacrifice, the whole point is there was life in the blood. That blood was spilt. And this innocent animal would take a temporary covering for the person's sin. And they were actually supposed to touch the animal as part of the sacrifice. And it was supposed to cover them for their sin. So, Burnt offerings and sacrifices, sometimes they're about praising God, but lots of the time they're actually about people's failures. And they only came about, only had to be undertaken because people had hard hearts and they'd failed to love God. So if they'd love God, of course, that's the more important. They wouldn't need to undertake some of these sacrifices. They'd failed to love God. And so 
that was the reason why they had to be brought into being. Because at the core of it, people were supposed to love God and they were supposed to seek Him and live out His ways. Because at the core of what's happening throughout human histories is it's people before God and it's about us. Love is about us seeking God. It's about us acknowledging that God is God and we are not. It's, it is emotions, love, but it's also about doing. It's about us seeking God, earnestly seeking our God, earnestly seeking our Creator, our loving Creator, seeking to know more of God, to know more of His ways, and then to have a desire, as we know God, to live that out, to live out God's will in our lives, to acknowledge that God's ways are best for our lives, and so we should be obedient or, or willing to what God wills of us, believing ultimately that God's ways are greater than anything in this world for us. Hebrews 11.6 makes this point and it all starts with faith hebrews eleven six, and without faith it is impossible to please god because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him it starts with us believing that god is god that he is the one true god we believe that he is the powerful one we come before Him and we earnestly seek Him. That's language like loving the Lord your God with all your heart. We seek God earnestly. And what does God do? God rewards seekers. We seek Him, He rewards us. He blesses us. It's a wonderful privilege we have that the God of all creation is willing to bless us as we seek Him. It's a good encouragement of what we can do this week. Seek God. I'm sure that God will bless every earnest seeker that turns to Him. Notice that this has nothing to do with an outward show. It's nothing about putting a nice suit on and doing the right sort of Christian things. It's not about an outward appearance. It's not about being seen by others doing the right thing. It's about being right before God and seeking Him. It's about us loving our creator goes back to that whole idea of that missile at the start locking on to god and and desiring him seeking him beyond all else above all else how silly it would be for that missile that was flying through the air to say oh look there's a bird over there i'm going to go and, and and have a take a few photos of that bird or look at some clouds oh what beautiful clouds there are missiles don't do that and i know that we're not machinery but we're supposed to focus our attention solely on God and know that in that there's a blessing as we seek Him. And so that gets us to the core of what Jesus was on about in this teaching. He was encouraging us all to love God with everything, to love God with all of us. The greatest commandment is about loving God. It's about loving Him. Every single part of us Every inch of us, everything that makes up our being, uh, from our soul outwards to our strength, everything to love God. And of course, we've already read it, but I'm going to read it again, because it is a great commandment to read. The most important one, that's the most important commandment, answered Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God 
the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Wonderful words from Jesus about what really matters. Firstly, we acknowledge that God is one, that He is the God of all creation. He is Lord. And from that spot and His greatness, we love God. We love God with all. Notice how all is repeated throughout this passage. Every time it talks about our heart, our soul, our strength, our mind, that word all is in there because it's about all of us focused on God and loving Him. Every desire that we have, it's supposed to be about loving God. Every thought in our mind, it's supposed to be about loving God. Every action, it's about loving God. All that we do is to be based on this concept of loving God first. And then other things flow from that. We are to appreciate our Creator. We're to give God our best by loving Him. Each day, living in a way that shows that, yep, I love God. I love God above all else. It's a very important principle. And it's one, I think, in our society where we're almost encouraged not to give our best at times. We have our tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Uh, welcome to Australia, mate. You'll be right. You can do well, but not too well. We don't want you standing out for overachieving. And there's something good about staying humble and not getting too proud. But when it comes to loving God, we don't want to have a bar of this. We don't want to tell people, oh, you're loving God too much. Stop it. Uh, you're, you're standing out too much. We should never discourage anyone and we should never discourage ourselves from loving God. We should never reduce our love of God and we should never be minimized. We are to love God all the time with all our hearts. We should never dampen people's love of God. And we need to remember that loving God is not supposed to be a token effort. It's not sort of like, oh, it's the weekend, it's Sunday, I'll show God some love today and the rest of the week, well, that's going to be a different story. We don't sort of give God half our heart and uh, think, oh, that's enough. The call in following Jesus is to love God with everything, every part. And so that means that God needs to be the center of it all. Loving God needs to impact everything, everything that we say and do, everything that we engage in the world. Here we see a, a chart. I guess uh, I love to think of our lives trying to be balanced in a wheel. Uh, because if you take a chunk out of the wheel, it gets quite clunky. And so when I, particularly when I catch up with our young ones as they head off to uni, I really encourage them to have balance as they continue in life. And, uh, uh, but at the center of any idea of what life is about, God has to be central. Our love of God. God needs to be impacting us. And that, of course, impacts everything we do. Indeed, it's foolish to think that we can cut God out of a section of our lives. To think, oh, well, look, you know, I've got this relationship that I'm engaging with this person. And look, I don't think it really honors God, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I'll, I'll just keep living for God most of the time. But in this relationship, I'm just going to pursue that anyway. Or maybe it's stuff, the fun things we do over the weekend. We might say, well, that's actually got nothing to do with loving God, but I'm just going to go and have a fun time and I'm going to push God away from that activity. 
Or maybe uh, it's in our work front and it's sort of like, well, this is about me achieving. I've set myself goals. Uh, I'm going to do well. I'm going to succeed myself. And so we, we push God out of the work situation. Whatever it is, there are pockets of our life where we at times push God out or we think that we can push God out. Deep down, if there are pockets of our life, then we need to be honest before God. I know in my Christian journey, that's exactly what takes place, that I've been living happy in a way and then all of a sudden I realize, God, you're not actually the most important in that area of my life. And so I've had to, to say sorry before God and ask for change and to help so that I can actually move forward and God can all of a sudden be central in that part of my life as well. Because the God, God's Spirit is, it reveals to us times when there's parts of our life that clearly God is not the most important. Sometimes we need to cut some areas out completely because they're not about loving God at all. We need to be honest uh, and ensuring that God is central in every aspect. Loving God is the greatest thing. And as we love God, that impacts, of course, on how we treat other people. That was clear in our passage today. We firstly love God, and then we move to our relationship with other people. If we love God, then we will also love others, all people, people of this world, because every single person has been made in God's image. God loves them, and so we should love them as well. We saw that in, in verse 31, the, the, I guess the second commandment after the greatest. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This, of course, the, the, is in reference to the, the first two commandments, but the second one here, love your neighbor as yourself. The reference of this is in the book of Leviticus, and it's actually talking not about your physical neighbor, it's talking about a foreigner that comes to uh, that you're in contact with, someone from a different nationality, a different group. And so the call is to love your neighbor, uh, someone who doesn't even know God, as yourself. And so we might say, oh, look, I think I can do this. I can love my church family. They're like my neighbors. I can do that. Um, and then our actual neighbors, we think, yeah, okay, I think I could love my neighbors. They, they, they play loud music at times or... They can be a bit annoying, is that right, Fred? <laughs> Drums in the middle of the night, <laughs> but I could still love them. Uh, or maybe this region. I, I think I could love most of the people of Korowa. I, I think that they look a bit like me and, and they've been through some similar stuff. I could love the people from here. And then we think, oh, I could probably love people who are in prison. I think I could. I think I could love those that are, have done something wrong in society. I think I could love people who are from a different background. could be hard. I'd have to actually work at that, but I probably could if they come from another country. Um, and yeah, I probably could worship people who, I, I could love people who don't worship God. That could be hard because they might swear a lot or they might do this or do that, but I could probably love them. All these things we probably could do. And in fact, we're actually commanded to do it. It's, it's not about... Uh, of course, we're called to, of course, to have no racism in us. It's not about other people being wrong because they're from a different country. That's completely out the window with this. We're not to, to judge others based on their age or their, their background, anything. We're to love people, to love them 
Because God loves us, and so we love them. And the reality with this command is it sounds very simple, but it's hard. It's actually really hard to love other people because they do stuff and it annoys us, or they, they do stuff and we, we interpret that as hurtful. Put up your hand if you think it's really easy to love other people. Okay? <laughs> no one's raised their hand. It's clear, it's hard work. It's probably easier to love God because He's loved us so much. Loving people is hard work. Why? That's a good question. Why, open up to the audience. Why is it hard to love people? They disagree with us, yep. Yep, yep. So they let us down at times? Mm. Yep. Yep. Very good. Yeah, we can. It's 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 easy to to see what they're doing wrong. Yeah. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, of course, it's an inconvenience to love at times. If you stop at an accident, that's a huge inconvenience. You're probably in a rush to get somewhere. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it needs to come back to the fact that God's loved us. He's reached out to us when we didn't love others, didn't love Him. Mm. Yeah, and yet we'd all agree that humanity is at its best when we're loving one another. Yeah, well, has anyone ever been hurt before where they've, they've, they've felt they've loved someone a lot of love and then all of a sudden they've, they've shut the door on us or they've abandoned us? It, it, it happens and it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's an exp- <laughs> It's got you, Les? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, could, <laughs> it, it happens. Yeah. We can, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just how it is at times. It, it, the, the reality is, and sometimes the people closest to us can be hard to love as well. Um, and so, uh, but we, we are called to love and to forgive. Part of loving is forgiving. And so, uh, yes, loving God means that we love about other people. And Jesus has a little way of taking things to the next level. I don't know if you've realized that. Uh, Jesus sort of takes this sort of a, a level that we might think, oh, we've got to be happy with that. And so then we read in Luke chapter 6 these words. Um, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them to the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. 
A reminder here, of course, that loving others is no easy task when it gets to enemies, people who have clearly let us down in the past or, or are provoking us. Uh, could be for our faith, could be for a number of reasons. And yet we're called to keep loving, to keep showing love because God loves us. Indeed, I'm sure we've all been discouraged in this topic of loving others. It's hard work. It's a challenge. We need to keep coming back, as Libby was saying before, the fact that God loves us. He's reached out to us in love, and so yes, we can love others. And at times we can get overwhelmed by a task, but we can say, well, can I actually go and love someone in that situation? Can I go in and love? And I hope my answer is yes, because God has loved us. So a few questions for us to ponder on as we finish today. Firstly, are you thankful for God's love? Are you thankful that God loves you? Do you love God with all your hearts, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength? Maybe that's harder to say yes to. Maybe there's something that we need to change. Maybe there's something that we need to confess before our God. Is your love for God evident in how you love other people? Maybe another area that we need to work on. Because if we love God, it means that we love people genuinely. We'll love them because God loves them. Let's pray. Our loving Father, we come to glorify you. We come to praise you. Thank you for your love. Thank you that while we were wandering in our own way, that you reached out to us with the love of Jesus Christ. Help us we pray, to love you. Help us to be focused on you and to seek you. Help us to make you the most important in our lives, over every area, every part of us, that we might truly be all about loving you, our Lord God. And as we love, help us to love our neighbor. Help us to love other people. Help us to love even when it's hard. Help us to love so that your light might shine in this world and so that others will come to know your love and that they'll be saved. So we thank you so much now for all that you've given us in Jesus. And it's in this name that we pray. Amen.